For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We are destroying speculations, every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And we are ready to punish all disobedience. Whenever your obedience is complete, you are looking at things as they are hourly. Anyone is confident in himself that he is Christ, let him consider this again within himself. That just as he is Christ, so also are we. You know, every time we walk through a series and uh, I'm preparing to, to be able to preach and share some of the things that we're going through, every series we go through, it, it's extremely difficult on a pastor, right? And here's what I mean by that. If I'm doing a series on marriage, my marriage is going to be horrible for the entire time that we go through that series, right? I mean, it's just like everything that could possibly go wrong inside of my marriage is going to go wrong. And it's just, it's one of those things. And so the fact that we're in the middle of a spiritual warfare series and we're walking through that, uh, the warfare has been un unbelievable. That there's been all kinds of things that have been kind of coming at, at me personally, coming at our church, coming at my family, all kinds of different things that are there. And so this week as I was preparing, I texted uh, Josh and I said, hey, you know what? On, on second thought, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking one week on spiritual warfare was enough, right? Why don't we just like move away from it? And so today I'm starting a two-year series on happiness. And so I'm hoping... Um, you guys will get on board with me. You know God is good, that he loves you, that everything is going to be great, and we're going to have fun for the next two years because this stuff is real. And you go through these things and the battles that are coming at us, and sometimes it's just like, man, I don't, I don't get it. I don't, want to, I don't want to continue to face the things that are coming at me. It's just so much easier just to kind of ignore it, walk away from it, and think it's not that big of a deal, but in reality, it is a big deal. In the moment that we sign up to be on Team Jesus, the moment we say yes to Christ, we have been placed inside the battle. We, we've been faced with this battle that is now coming at us from an enemy that sometimes we can't see and things that are happening. And as we walk through these things, we realize there's a battle that all of us face within right? It, it's this battle of self. We are typically our own worst enemies. And so we said that last week as we looked at 2 Corinthians 10 together and we said, you know what, what's happened is we have allowed our thoughts, we've allowed the things that we, we thought were true and we started looking for those things to be true. We found them out there and then we started believing those things. And when we started believing those things, what happened is we've created a fortress, right? A stronghold that is inside of our mind that says this obviously is true. And we've allowed those things to just determine how we think about life and how we walk through life. And what Paul was telling us last week is this, listen, you, you've got to come against that. You've got to be aggressive with that. You've got to realize that we are here to destroy and to pull down all of these strongholds, all of these things that we believe through all these years that have been lies. We are our own worst enemy with our thoughts. And Paul says, listen, we've got to tear those things down. Why? So that we can take every thought 
captive to the obedience of Christ. So that everything that begins to come into our minds, everything that we hear, everything that we see, everything that we start to believe, we take it captive and we go, hold on a second. Before you lay another brick in my mind, I want to compare you to the truth of God's word. And I want to say, is this true? Is this real? Is this something that I need to be considering in my life and allowing to stay inside of my life? And it is of God, then yes, you plant it firmly, allow that to be the foundation. But when it's not, you immediately disregard it. You throw it away upon the authority of who Jesus is. And so we've been talking about those thoughts that are in our lives. This morning, I want us to talk about the things that begin to come out of our mouth. I think the, the second thing that we got to do in fighting this battle within is not just what we think, it's what we say. It's what we allow ourselves to say. Because every time we get into this battle, this thing always gets us in trouble. Right? If you're anything like me, your mouth has a tendency to get you in trouble. You say things to your spouse. You say things to your kids. You say things to your coworkers, to your friends, that all of a sudden just kind of comes out of your mouth and you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't mean to say that. I didn't mean for that to come out. But typically what's inside the heart is what's going to come out on the lips, and so we've got to be mindful of what it is that we're saying. And so that's what we're going to kind of look at and what we're going to kind of think about today. In order to do this, I want to kind of get your mind set up on this before we look at Matthew 15 together. You know what? We live in a day and an age which there is a craze for what we put inside of our bodies. Right? I mean, there, there are so many people that will tell you these are the correct things that you have to put into your body. These are the good things that you put in, and you must drink X amount of water, and you've got to exercise. You've got to do all these different things. And, and, and I know you're out there, and I know you exist. You look at me, and you go, Jay, you live by none of that. No, I really don't, right? I have this beautiful God-given physique, and, and I eat all the stuff that I should not be eating, all right? So God is just gracious to some of us. That's all I'm going to say, right? And, uh, and that's, a, that's a good thing. But here's what I know. I, I am addicted to full-throttle energy drinks. I would just confess that to you. More in church this morning, I'm going to confess something to you. I am addicted to drinking energy drinks, and full throttle is my drink of choice, okay? And so every time I have a full throttle in my hand and I'm walking around, there's always someone who walks up to me and looks at me and says, that's going to kill you. You should not be drinking that. That will kill you. And I tell them all the same thing. That's what I'm hoping, right? I mean, I want it just to just go ahead and end me now. I want it all to be done and everything's going to be just fine. But there's always this thought that it's, you know what, it's really what we put in that matters. And what Jesus is going to tell us here in Matthew 15, that yes, some of that stuff does matter, but ultimately it's not what goes in, it's what comes out that makes the biggest difference. Look at what it says here in Matthew 15:10. It says, after Jesus called the crowd to him, he said to them, hear and understand. It's not what enters into the mouth that defiles the man, but what proceeds out of the mouth that defiles the man. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the truth of your word this morning. And God, I pray that you would use it to, to shake us up. Father, help us to, to realize the things that are going on, the things that we're saying, the things that we're doing. And Father, I pray that today you would bring conviction to our heart if there's something that needs to change. Uh, Father, you would bring comfort to our heart if there's been encouragement in the ways that we've been speaking, Lord, to each other and to those around us. 
Father, I pray today that as we fight this battle within, we would understand the tongue is a huge part of this battle. And so, Father, I pray today that you just begin to work in each one of our lives and that you would continue to be on the throne no matter what. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So here's the deal. We get so wrapped up and concerned with what goes in the body instead of what comes out of the body, right? Well, we get really concerned about what we're going to eat or what we're going to drink, but we don't really spend a lot of time with that same concern for the things that we say. You go on down in Matthew 15, and the disciples pull Jesus aside, and they say, man, is there any way you can explain that to us a little bit more? What what are you talking about? And, And Jesus said, man, it's taking you guys forever to understand this stuff, right? He goes, let me explain something to you. Anything that goes in the mouth goes to the stomach, and then is ultimately going to be eliminated from the body. It's not what goes in that matters. It's what comes out, because what comes out comes from the heart, it's what's already inside of you. It's, it's what you've been thinking about and dwelling about, and now you're speaking it into existence. And so as we begin to talk about things, that's the battle that we face inside. And this morning, I want us to look at three specific areas in which we need to realize that our words have impact, that our words really do carry weight in what we say and in how we say it. The first thing is this, that our words impact others right? Our words impact others. We have a huge responsibility in how we are to speak to the people that are in our lives. It's, it's been said that we speak on average about 7,000 words a day, right? 7,000 words a day. Now, it's funny because they have some discrepancy about women having more words than men, right? But I will tell you this. I don't know if women talk more than men, but I do know that men do not listen to more than about 7,000 words a day from the women. All right? After that, we just kind of go blank, and we don't hear anything else that you say. So just keep that in the back of your mind uh, as you're speaking and what you're saying. But if we say 7,000 words a day, the question is, what are those words really doing? What is the impact of the words that we're saying? How are we using those? Are we using our words that are sitting there as bullets and that when we start to open our mouth and we start to talk, everybody around us heads for cover? Because they know, listen, when this person speaks, man, it's going to be ugly. It's going to be mean. There's going to be things that are coming out of their mouth that are never going to be honoring, that are never going to be encouraging, that are never going to be lifting anybody up. Look at what Paul tells us over in Ephesians chapter 4, beginning in verse 29. He says, let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification according to the need of the moment, so that it will give grace to those who hear. What Paul is saying is this, listen to me, the words that you speak are heavy. They have meaning. And when you speak them, make sure that what you're speaking is going to be used for edification in the moment. It's going to be used to encourage someone in the moment. It's going to be used to bring them up. Because we want everything that we say to be used by God. We want it to be dripping with grace is what one interpretation puts it. The message version with Eugene Peterson puts it this way. He says, you need to realize that every word we say is a gift. 
And so I want you to think about that. Sometimes we just flippantly say things. We make a comment. We, we just kind of get our sarcasm out in front of everything else. And we say something without thinking about the weight that our words have. And listen to me, we've all had that time in our life when someone has said something to us about how we look in a picture, about how we look in an outfit. And those words have stayed with us forever. And now we can't look at a photo of ourselves where we're not concerned with our knees because somebody said something about our knees one day when we were wearing a dress. And ladies, you can tell me it doesn't happen, but listen, I know it does. And in every picture you look at now, if your knees are showing, that's the first thing you go to, it's the first thing you think about. Or a look, or my wife calls hers her stroke smile. She said, I have a stroke smile in every single picture. And she's like, I just, uh-uh, I can't, I can't stand it. I don't want to see it. And I don't know who it was. I'm hoping and praying to God it was not me that told her she had a stroke smile in one picture. Because listen, words carry weight. We say all the time, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never harm me. That's a lie straight from the pit of hell. Words hurt. And when someone says something, listen to me, they can't just take it back. It doesn't go away. It sits there and it goes through your mind and then you start dwelling on it and you start thinking about it. And so what we've got to do is we've got to take a step back and go, listen, the words that I'm saying, are they a gift to the people that I'm around? Or are they something else? Look at what Paul goes on to say in verse 30. He says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go back over this last week, and I want you to think about the conversations that you've had. I want to think about the 7,000 words a day that you have had to share as a gift with somebody. How were they? How did, how did you speak to your wife when she wasn't quite ready when you wanted her to be? How did you speak to your kids when they didn't want to get out of bed and start going to school this past week? How did you speak to the situation? How did you handle it when the Chick-fil-A drive through took you 25 minutes to go through? How do you handle the situations that are put in front of us because our words are weighty and how we treat each other and what we say to each other truly does matter. Proverbs 18 tells us this, that both death and life are in the words of the tongue. They're in the power of the tongue, that we have the ability to speak life into people or the ability to speak death into people. And when we cut each other and when we rip each other, listen to me, that's exactly what we're doing is we're speaking death instead of speaking life. Matthew chapter 12, I think is one of the most sobering passages of scripture because it's going to tell us something. It's going to tell us that there is coming a day, that there's coming a day when we will stand before God 
And, and that we will give a reckoning. We will give a justification. We will have to give him a reason for every idle word we've ever spoken. Can you imagine what that day is going to be like? Doesn't define our eternity because that's defined on whether or not we fully surrendered our entire lives to Christ and given him absolutely everything. If we've done that, our eternity is sealed forever. But there will be a day that we'll stand before a holy God and he'll say, you know what, Jay, here's what I'd love to do. I'd love to talk about some of the things that you said while you were on earth. I got a flat screen right here. Jay, I'd like just to, to pull up all of the things that you ever put on Facebook. Jay, I'd like to put up everything that you ever talked about on Instagram. I'd like to put up all the snide comments you put on next door. I'd like to pull up your Snapchat. Now, hold on, Jesus. Snapchat, don't they go away? Right? I mean, I thought that was supposed to disappear and nobody ever knew what that was. And then I got you. Guess what? I, I, I know everything you've ever said. I know everything you've ever done. I know every text message you've ever sent your spouse. I know every text message you've ever sent your sister. I know every word that's ever been spoken. Guys, I don't know about you, but that carries a ton of weight to me this morning. That we're going to give an account for how we talk to each other. For the things that we say, the things that we do, when in reality our heart needs to be something that's there. When I'm speaking to you, it's a gift and I'm trying to edify and trying to lift you up, trying to speak only what is good for the moment. What does that mean? It means if it's not good, don't say it. Didn't mama teach you that a long time ago? If you don't have something nice to say, don't say anything at all. It's okay if we don't use all 7,000 words. Some of us need to go back down to 5,000 and just kind of zip it a few more times than we don't. Don't be looking for those zingers and those things that we can say and do. Realize that we've got an opportunity to fight this battle and to treat others the way that God's called us to treat them. To speak truth into their life, to love on them. And to be who God's called us to be. So our words impact others. Number two is simply this, that our words impact our outlook. Our words impact our outlook. Here's what I mean by that. It means that we have the ability through what we speak and what we say to dictate what's going on in our circumstances. Now, I'm not saying we could speak into our circumstances and we can change everything. This is not a name it, claim it. This is not a, hey, you just got to be happy and suck it up and everything's going to be fine. This isn't genie in a bottle kind of theology, right? Where right now God has given me a Ford Pinto, but if I pray hard enough and think hard enough, when I walk out the door today, I'll be in a brand new red Ferrari, Right? Because that's the way God works. If I'm thinking this to be true, it's got to be true, and I'm thinking it to be there. No, what happens is the way that we speak to the circumstances in our life dictate the perspective we have on the circumstances in our life. It dictates how we're going to walk through those circumstances, how we're going to approach those things. We're going to change it because here's what we know. We know that God is still good, and we know that God is still in control. He's still in charge no matter what's coming our way. 
And my choice to walk through this is this, that I'm not going to speak negatively about the things that are going on. I'm going to look for God in the process, and I'm going to speak that in the way that we're going through it. Look at Philippians 1.6. Paul put it this way. He says, for I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. Do you realize that God's way of perfecting us is to put us through some stuff? You got to go through some pressure to be able to come out on the other side like a diamond. You can't just walk through life and everything be rosy. You're going to go through difficult situations. You're going to go through some stuff in life. But here's what's so cool is that God takes the stuff. And while you're going through it, yeah, your life is shaking and everything's going crazy around you and you don't fully understand all of it. But somehow at the end of it, when you're able to look back, you can begin to see the hand of God and what he's done and how it's worked. But you and I need to be able to understand that, you know what? I'm not going to walk through life being a victim. I'm I'm determining now that I'm not playing the victim card. I'm not going through life as this way going, you know what? Everybody's out to get me and everything is against me and there's no way I can possibly win. No, our outlook on life is this. I may be a victim of some bad circumstances and some bad things that have happened in my life, but because of the one that I follow, I am victorious in Jesus. And no matter what comes my way, I can stand. And we can get through this. And man, it's going to be hard. Yes, but I know that God is still good. Some of the greatest conversations I've had are with friends of ours that have gone through cancer and, and that have gone through the, the pure hell that is chemotherapy and walking in and being able to get hooked up to an IV and have this poison run into your body and begin to kill everything else. But here's what I love about it. Their outlook on it is not, I got to go do this again. Their outlook is, you know what I get to do today? And I'm like, tell me what you get to do today. And they're like, man, I get to go sit in a chair and I get to be a blessing to every single nurse that walks up and talks to me. I get to be a blessing to every person that walks over and sits in a chair beside me. And it's going through the same thing that I'm going through. But here's what I know, that in the power of the tongue is either life or death. And today, I'm going to speak life into every single person I come in contact with. Let me tell you something. That's a different outlook on life than most of us take. Because we just think, you know what, my circumstances, my circumstances, my circumstances. What if we really did believe that he who began a good work in us is going to be faithful to complete it? And you know what? In order for him to complete it, I've got to go through this a little bit right now. I've got to go through some struggles right now. But here's what I know, that God is ultimately going to use it for my good and for his glory. And no matter what, I'm going to keep my eyes on him throughout the process. Is that the outlook that we have? Is that the truth that we're speaking because we're going, you know what? God is good no matter what. I love in our church that we've got a bunch of those stories. As I just sit here and look out across the congregation this morning, there's a bunch of those stories of people that have been through the ringer, have been through some stuff. And you know what you said? God's never left me. To sit in the way that I would have written it up. 
This is not the way I thought it was going to go. It's not the way that I thought it should go. But can I tell you something? God's been faithful. Step by step, moment by moment, day by day. The way that we look at our future, the way that we look at the circumstances that are happening in our life, it, it really does matter. And it's that battle that all of us continually face within. It matters how we talk to other people. It, it matters how we look at our outlook of life. And ultimately this, our words impact ourselves. Our words truly do impact the way that we look at ourselves, the way that we think about ourselves, the way that we talk to ourselves. Now, I know a lot of you in the room already think I'm crazy, and I am. Right? I mean, that's just, that's just part of it. But I would tell you that probably 4,000 of my 7,000 words a day are spoken to myself. Anybody else? Anybody with me? Just show me your hand. Thank you. Thank God. I'm not completely lost it, right? I talk to myself constantly, over and over. I replay everything that happened in my mind, and I replay every email and every conversation and everything that's going on. And here's what I'm constantly telling myself. I'm telling myself, you're an idiot. You're an idiot. I mean, that's just, that's all there is to it. You are an absolute idiot. And I tell myself that repeatedly over and over and over and over. And here's what God has been convicting me of, and I hope and pray that he begins to convict you of this morning, is this. If you are your own worst enemy and you are your worst critic inside your head today, lean in and listen to me. Stop it. Stop it. Stop being the critic in your life and overrunning everything over and over and over and over. Here's what you did wrong. Here's what you did wrong. Here's what you did wrong. Switch from being the critic to start being the coach. Right? Quit being the critic in your own mind to being the coach inside of your mind because there is a huge difference between those two things. Right? We, we talked about it last week. We're in the middle of football season. I love football season. But I love at the end of the game, there's always a couple of interviews they do, and then they always go back to headquarters where all the analysts are and where they talk about everything that's going on. And here's what I've realized. There's a difference between the coach and what he says and what the critic says who's sitting back in the cushy studio that hadn't played the game of football in 20 some odd years. There's a huge difference between those two guys. And I want you to begin to, to think about it. Even today, NFL kicks off, and you'll be able to watch a lot of football, and you'll be able to watch some of these interviews, and you'll hear all the talking heads on everything that's supposed to be going on. Listen to the difference. A coach steps up at the end of the game knowing there's been mistakes, knowing they've blown it, knowing it didn't go the way they thought it should go, and they ended up with a loss when they should have got a win. And the coach steps up and he says, you know what? We had plenty of opportunities tonight to be able to, to win this ball game. And we should have won this ball game. We, we really did blow it. We messed up. But here's what I know. This week, we got better. And this coming week, we're going to continue to get better because I'm not defining our season on what we've done. I'm defining our season on what we can do. And I'm on the field with these guys every single day of the week, and I'm in the weight room with them, and I'm in the locker room with them, and I see the potential of every single guy that we've got on this team. Our season is not over, even though we started out 0-2. We're not done yet. We still have great things ahead of us, and we're going to get up, and we're going to get better starting this week. That's what a coach says. 
Then they come off of that coach and they go back to the studio and the three guys sitting there go, there's no way they're coming back. That team is horrible. They will never win another ball game. They need to fire that coach. They need to get rid of all their players. Here's the reality. That team will now go 0-12 this year because they're pathetic, they're useless, and it's never going to happen. Now, let me tell you something. Which one of those two people do we really want living in our head? Because we've already got the critic. We've already got the one telling us how sorry we are, how worthless we are, how we're never going to amount to anything. And when we blow it and we mess up, that's the voice that's just going, hey, listen, I told you. I told you, I told you, you're never going to amount to anything. You're worthless. You're useless. It's never going to be that. We've got that voice. Listen to me, fire that voice and put the coach up there that says, yeah, you know what? You did blow it. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was a rough day. We're going to have to apologize to some people. We're going to have to go back and, and respond differently to than how we did the first time. We're going to have to walk back into Chick-fil-A and we're going to have to look at that employee and apologize for ripping them up one side and down the other all over a $2 and some odd cent sandwich. That you know what, there's a lot of things that are going on in my life and I kind of took it out on you and I'm sorry that I did that. You know what, because you're better than that. You're better than that. You gotta change the way that you talk to yourself. My wife and I will be sitting around at night and when something happens and, and one of us says something you know, about themselves, like I'll sit there and I'll be like, I'm an idiot. And I'll say that out loud. And my wife always responds the same way. And I've started doing it to her and it's awesome. She looks at me and she says, don't you dare talk about my husband that way. And I look at her and I'm like, what? She said, that's my husband. Don't you dare talk about my husband that way. You're not an idiot. You're awesome. And I love you more than anything. And it's such a great reminder to hear that from my wife and I get to turn and tell her the exact same thing. Don't you dare talk about my wife like that. She's everything to me. She's my world. We need to allow that voice to be one that is encouraging not only to others and not only to the, the outlook of our situations that we're going through, but listen, it needs to be encouraging to ourselves. A lot of us self-sabotage everything that's happening in our life rather than allowing God to speak truth into what's going on in every situation. It's a battle that we're constantly facing. It starts with our thoughts, but then it ends up with the way that we speak and the words that we say. How are you doing? Are you using words that edify? Are you using words that build up? Or are we using things that constantly are tearing down everybody around us? Listen, when people start going for cover, that's when we realize we're losing that battle within. But when people are encouraged by being around us and that we're only speaking what is right for the moment and what is going to be useful and edifying, then listen, people are seeking us out. They want to be near us. And that's when you begin to understand, you know what? I'm making progress in this battle. I'm growing. I'm becoming who you want me to become. So where are you this morning? Will you stand to your feet and let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the truth of your word, Lord. What a, what a sobering thought that it's not what we put in. It's actually what comes out that defiles us because what comes out is in our heart. And Lord, the reality for us this morning may be that we can't truly ever have a tongue 
that can honor and glorify you because we don't have a relationship with you. Because we've never gotten to the point where we realized that we needed to be completely surrendered to you and who you are. And maybe this morning you're going, hey, I need that relationship with Jesus. I need to realize that I am separated from him, that I am lost this morning, and I am in desperate need of a Savior. Well, as we start singing here in just a moment, here's my encouragement. Would you step out from wherever you're standing? Doesn't matter if you're in the balcony. Doesn't matter if you're right here on the floor. Would you just step out and say, today is the day I give everything to him. I want my life to be honoring and glorifying to him. There's some of us in the room that have that relationship. We know it beyond the shadow of a doubt that we have that relationship with Jesus. But if we're honest, the words that we've been speaking lately have been more like bullets than they have been building blocks to help anybody in our life. Maybe it's been towards the people in your life. Maybe it's been toward the circumstances in your life. Maybe it's been to yourself. Would you confess that to him this morning? Would you confess it and tell him, God, here's the deal. I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to win the battle within. And God, I'm wanting you to fill my heart so that what comes out of me is what you desire, not what I desire. Father, may your church be fully surrendered to you so that we can stand and fight this battle through your Holy Spirit. We give you this time now, it's in Jesus' name.